Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1996's Bound, directed by the Wachowskis and starring Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, So I took in Chun King Express uh, the other day. Man, wonderful! What a phenomenal movie! You know, I, mm-hmm. I remember you like had seen it a few years back, and we're talking about it. And I, I, I had seen it like a long time ago. I hadn't seen it since, and just you know, I've said it before. Whenever you go this long without seeing a movie, it's like the first time seeing it again. Yeah. Even if you know how it ends, it's like it's all the stuff still takes you by surprise. And um, yeah, everyone should check out Chun King Express. It's streaming on Max right now. Really? Yes. Yeah. It's. I think it's often considered one of the best Wong Kar Wai films out there. Yes. Um, and it's excellent. And like I like how it has these different like kind of stories in it that don't even really overlap. I know. It's that, unexpected, but yeah. it's wonderful. Cause because you're you were you were so um used to like interconnected stories overlapping and coming together at a point, and then they just don't and, and you keep waiting for the connection yeah. to happen. No, it's it not just coming. ends and nope. then something else starts. There's yeah. a there's a new narrative here, you know. <laughs> um yeah, a really cool thing and uh and also, In the Mood for Love is streaming also on Max. Oh, so, yeah, check out all of Wong Kar That one stuff. is a visual feast, Absolutely, man. man. Uh, it's it's one of the one of the most romantic movies ever made. Truly mm-hmm. romantic Wonderfully stuff. Wonderfully awesome. That's cool, man. Um, so, I've been on a uh, Stephen King kick lately. Like I said, I watched Silver Bullet a few weeks ago. And yeah. On the same DVD, there's also The Dead Zone oh, from David Cronenberg wow. yeah. with Christopher Walken. And man, it's a pretty good movie, dude. Yes, that movie's it's, awesome. It's from like 1980, so you got early Cronenberg. Uh, Christopher Walken is walking, you know. Yeah, he's doing his yeah, thing. I know. He's not extreme like he gets in the 90s and whatever, but man, he uh, he's great in it. Yeah. It's about a guy who gets in an accident, and when he wakes up, he has a psychic power. You know, it's a Stephen King standard there, you, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, it, it deals with like... Kind of how do you reconcile that with your past and going forward? And what do you do with it? And, uh, you know, I won't spoil anything, but it comes kind of almost like a p- political thriller at times. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a it's a good film. Right. Now, I don't think it's as rewatchable as Silver Bullet, which is just a campy good time. That's true. But uh, it's a better movie by far. Yeah, The Dead Zone expects more of you than Silver Bullet does. Right, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Silver uh, Bullet doesn't expect much. Right. <laughs> There's no decapitations in the first two seconds <laughs> yes, of the film exactly. from a werewolf. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I saw The Dead Zone after I had seen the Saturday Night Live parody of it. Oh, like, really? Um, okay. I think I was like a freshman <laughs> in high school and Christopher Walken, and starring Christopher Walken, you know, um, and he... He plays his dead zone character in the sketch, and like the the gag is that he he's able to predict insignificant moments from your life. Okay, so like he shakes hands with Not somebody like your in an death. office. Yeah. No, exactly, and it's like uh, you're gonna get a, a ice cream cone when you on the way home from work, and you're gonna eat it too fast, and it's gonna give you an ice cream headache, and you know like it's it's funny, it's a good sketch. An ice cream headache. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Walking is one of the all time great hosts of SNL. He just like somehow like his persona it just marries so well to the format. It's I perfect. mean, you wouldn't expect it to, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's he's hilarious mm-hmm. and 
And just every time he's hosting, you're like, okay, I'm in for a good one. You know, yep. you know it's gonna be great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. So now, why don't we get into Bound? Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Oh, you got it. Okay, so this is the uh, directorial uh, debut of an exciting new voice in cinema, the Wachowskis. And uh, the story is about a gangster's girlfriend who wants out of her relationship with the gangster. And after she meets and falls in love with a woman who moves in next door, uh, the two of them hatch this scheme to steal his money and skip town. It's really stylish. And um, when you watch it, you can really see how the Wachowskis would like find their voice later on. Um, So let's dive in. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of flourishes here that you just see in all their later movies. Right. Like, especially The Matrix. Like, a lot of the visuals, the sound cues, like, camera movements. Just, you can see the why The Matrix is the way it is. I like, know. It, it all started here. Even with, like, no money, they were still this innovative. Yeah. You know, and they their, their, their technique was so confident. Um, and, like, all the... All the the, the camera movements you're, you're watching it happen. You're like, wait, the, the, they didn't, they didn't even know what they were doing yet, and and, the, and they and they were this good already. You know, it's it's really something. It's awesome, um, and the movie gets right into it, man. Like it doesn't beat around the bush. No, you know, we meet Dina Gershon, and she's in an elevator, and well, at first it starts with her bound up in a closet, you know, right? And the camera is kind of moving through the closet in this weird way, like the Wachowskis do. It's yes, awesome, and I it know. ends up on her face or whatever, or her tattoo or whatever. And but then we see she's in the elevator, and then we get Jennifer Tilly in the elevator. She walks on with Joe Pantaleano, who plays Caesar, which is the gangster boyfriend we mentioned. Right. And the two women just give each other the eyeballs, you know. And like they're Corky and uh, Violet's meeting here, mm-hmm. um, like right behind, they're, they're literally behind Caesar's back. Yes. Um, and it's unmistakable that they have a mutual attraction right away. And um, like Gina Gershon in this role, um, she's obviously she's excellent. She has such magnetism and it's really an iconic performance, not only because of acting, but just because of like, uh, she's an appealing version of like Stanley Kowalski, you know? Um, (laughs) and it all works like the hair, the clothing, it's, it's really iconic and it just like, it jumps off the screen at you. You, you just like immediately, you know, like drawn to this presence because Mm -hmm. of just the way she looks and the way she moves. It's like, you know, Wow, it, it's it's really great. Right, you mentioned Stanley Kowalski, man. That's wonderful, and mm-hmm. like she also reminded me a ton of like James Dean, having off those vibes. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, just a real magnetic uh, way that she's got, and I, I imagine there's a lot of like Halloween costumes of like people going as Corky. You oh know? yeah, like, definitely. Just because you want to look like that, you you want to be this alluring. Yeah, Halloween '96 had a bunch of couples costumes. Yes. where it was Corky and Violet. <laughs> yes, man. dude, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. She's at next door to Caesar and Violet, right? Trying to fix up the apartment and whatever. Yeah, because she's like a handyman. Yeah, so she's painting and cleaning and doing all that junk. And the walls are really thin, which is an important plot point of the movie. And yes. she can hear them going to town. <laughs> yes. Um, this, and, and this movie is so sexy. It is amazingly <laughs> it, sexy. It is. And, and it's like, it's just, there's a sex in like, there, there's like the the 
um, not the threat of sex, but like the, the, the idea or the, the chance for sex in every scene. I mean, like it's just always there and there, there's like a, especially early in the movie, there's this ever present score. Like when, when Violet comes over to, to like, Oh yeah, quirky properly. It's like that noir saxophone. Yeah. Oh dude. my god, dude! Like I know detectives coming in. It's you know? just yeah, yeah. She just like you know like yeah exactly mm-hmm. like like she walked into like like Corky's a private eye. And, yeah, and, and like this uh, you know <laughs> she came across this dame. You know, right? Yeah, it's really really cool. You know. <laughs> anyway, so they have this attraction, and Jennifer Tilly is just like, I want her. I'm gonna go after her. Yeah. So the first 15 minutes of this movie is her pretty much. Trying to get with Corky. <laughs> and and like Jennifer Tilly's voice is yeah. like just made for film noir, you know. Definitely. I mean, it, it fits so perfectly. Uh if you watch Bullets Over Broadway, it's it's uh, unfortunate. Woody Allen, everybody, sorry. Again? Uh, yes, I know, here it comes. Uh he's not in the movie though, so that's good. Thank God. Um, but she has this like romance with Jim Broadbent that is hilarious and um and she's playing a gangster's girlfriend again. It's the one that okay. she was nominated for an Academy Award okay. for. Um, and like her voice, it it works in the 1920s or in the 1990s. Right, it's, it's just so like, soft. Yes, and yes, and it's got like just a, a, a um, I don't know. It, it's it cuts got a, you. It's a Marilyn Monroe esque type thing, you know. Yes. Just it's it's maybe not as iconic as Corky, but it's yeah. there. It's, it's like, a wonderful femme fatale performance. Yes, yes, a femme fatale who's like ends up being like the the, um, I mean she's the protagonist. I was about of the to film. say that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not in the traditional way where she's you know a bad guy, right? Uh, but yeah, so she is trying to seduce Corky, which. She doesn't have to work very hard, I'm no, telling you. No, exactly. <laughs> I'd, be do- I'd be done in two seconds. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I know. You don't have to try any harder than that. I, I mean, it would <laughs> you be know? a real easy catch. Yeah. It would. I mean, yeah. you know. and But and these two incredibly, unbelievably attractive women <laughs> are flirting around, you know? Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and they, like, at, at, when, when it finally comes to, like... Where, where the seduction really gets going um it, it's a it's an excellent scene where where violet has like she she loses her earring down the garbage disposal yep and then calls corky to come fix it mm-hmm. and she does and um she retrieves the earring and there's this excellent like back and forth where like violet offers her you know a drink and yeah um they sit down on the couch together and violet notices Corky's tattoo of the Labrys. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, you know, are you surprised I know what that means? And she's like, a little. Um, and then she goes, do I surprise you at all? She goes, you make me a little thirsty. And I was like, yeah, this is, I like where this is. Yeah. Going. And then she you know? drinks that beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like really, it's excellent. Like uh, it's excellent dialogue, obviously. It is. And it's excellently performed, but like just the, the, the way that the Wachowski staged the, the, the scene too. I mean, like yeah. um, we, we get two shots and we also have uh, close-ups, and then it's all in shadow, yeah. Um, and with with just like a little bit of hint of light here and there, right. where where we need it. And man, it's 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 so wonderful yeah. to watch. In my notes, I wrote something about the close-ups. It's just wonderful yeah. the close-ups they do in this. And even like when she's under the sink trying to you know get the earring out of the trap, you know, it's close up in her face, and she's leaning in. But behind her, in the background, you can Jennifer Tilly's legs are there, kind of like 
you know, <laughs> at, like tempting you. Yeah, I know. And, and she's got yeah. like stockings on, so yeah. it's that 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 adds to like the Barbara Stanwyck, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, baby, they, it's really great, you know. And they 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 want you to think that this is like 1947, but in a modern context. Right. You know? And like she walks up, and like Gina Gershon's down there. Her face is like right there by the legs. It's like, man, this movie oozes sex. She, I know, and and we're. We're probably reacting the way we are to it because of like obviously it's it's a big topic right now of the sex that's missing in cinema now. Yeah. Um, even even like um, apart from comic book stuff, I mean, um, even art films a lot of times now are are missing it. Um, if you think about the 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 sexuality of the the movies that we did for like the Academy Award episode that we did. Yeah. I mean, they they it wasn't like this. In no way. You know. No. It's, even movies that are made for adults oftentimes don't have. What, what's in this? Right. And I was going to say, like, this is mid-90s. This was almost like the pinnacle of this kind of stuff. Right. You know? Right. Like the erotic 90s, man. I know. Which which is weird that, like, it, it that it had a peak. You know, wh- yeah. why, why isn't that just cinema? You know, why, why why wouldn't that just continue? And I mean, I know why, because of just, you know, like, yeah. it's it's a business and, the and you know, businesses capitulate to uh, the loudest uh, voices right. that protest There's a bigger it. audience for PG thirteen, yes, you know, yes. more potential eyeballs on you, which is just but uh, less tits, exa- I know, less cock and balls, exactly, man. less everything, <laughs> yes. less Van Dam ass. <laughs> we were talking about Van Dam's ass off the air, folks. So exactly, too. <laughs> yeah, some context there for Van Dam's ass, um, but uh, you know, and and we will. At least I will lament this forever, you know, uh-huh. of the, the, the missing sexuality. Not because everybody, I don't think that like uh, Winter Soldier needs hardcore sex. That's not what I'm about, <laughs> you know? I understand that's made for children, yeah, essentially. We don't need like a girl on girl scene no, in we, Black we Widow. No, we, we do not. I don't know. It, it's, it's, yeah. Even, you know, like, what, but we, what we do need movies that are made for adults. And this yeah. is something that is unap- unapologetically made for adults. Yeah. Um, and in a time too, when even like, even the, even though it was the erotic nineties, um, yeah. there still wasn't a lot of same sex stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so this is even like more daring, um, even so much that like, I know that they, they probably couldn't have gotten away with this if, if the movie was made for like, if it was like a same sex male couple, because for whatever reason, at least back then, um, you know, it was more palatable for audiences to see two women. Yeah, and it's probably with who was running the show too. Yes. A bunch of these dudes, they wanted to see it. Which is like even commented on like later in the movie by Corky about like yeah. you know like Shelley and uh, and Vi, you know, oh he just wanted to watch, I guess. Yeah. Cuz obviously yeah. every time you're seeing like two females uh t- two women uh having sex on screen, um if if it's shot by men and it's being viewed by men, there's a voyeuristic aspect to it. Yep. Um and 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 that's unfortunate even but even with this movie, I, I think that there there's a little bit, um, uh, I guess it's a little more acceptable in that, like, I know the, about, like, Susie Bright's um, contribution to it, how she was, like, yeah. essentially the first intimacy coordinator yeah. on, a, on a movie set. And there wouldn't be another one, unfortunately, until, like, 2017, um, which is really unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, but at least they had someone there to consult and... You know, like say, hey, is this realistic? And is is this right? Kind is this of appropriate? Yes, yeah. yes. And is this tasteful? And which I think it completely is. I, I think mean, it is too. There's nothing. There's nothing like even if it was more gratuitous. Obviously, I'd be okay with it. But like, it's not at all. It it just is. Right. It is intimate. And when it gets to the scene with them in bed, it it's like a one 
one shot camera swooping kind of around them in this like swirling whirlwind, right. you know, right. of passion. Which is like I've never seen a sex scene filmed that yeah, way. Yeah, it's totally suitable, right? And it and it ends with a close up of Gina Gershon's face, right? You know, and it's it's perfect. And I mean, like you you see, uh, it's almost like the 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 shots in Manchurian Candidate when when yeah, the, the right, reveal yeah. about the hydrangea uh, mm-hmm, meeting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, where like I'm sure walls are being pulled away and right, everything, yeah. and you know, uh, it's like I said, I mean. I, I know that you they probably did multiple takes of this, but like to have a single shot uh all you know like kaleidoscopic uh camera movement like yeah. this in a sex scene, I don't think anybody's ever done that since i I don't think so right. not that I can know of, but be, right before the sex scene, they're like almost gonna have sex because they're flirting with the drinks, you know and, yes, and then Joe Pantaleano walks in on them right and is like. Violet, where you at? You here? You know, that's my Joey Pants. It's horrible, everybody. But um, well, can, can we talk about Joey Pants for just a minute? Yes, um, sure. I, I need to. I didn't notice this until this viewing. I've seen this movie before, like I don't know, four or five times. Okay, but um, it, it's it's really cool what he does with his character um as a gangster. He knows that he's in the Chicago outfit, so he's doing like big time South Side with his voice. Yeah. Um, it's a really great choice and it's, it's kind of similar to what Joe Pesci did in casino. Yeah. Um, like these guys are from the Midwest. So even though they're like, you know, uh, Italian gangsters, they, they wouldn't sound like, uh, you know, Brooklyn Jamokes. They, they yep. sound like they're from Chicago, which exactly. is awesome. You know, yeah. it's a great choice. Yeah. And talking about Joey pants still, I think he gives an all time great, like psychotic breakdown performance, man. It's really something. It, it reminds me of like uh, Gary Oldman in. Uh, Leon, the professional, you know, oh, Stansfield, man. like just off the hinges at one point. You yes, know? Just, just maybe 100%. not as totally off the rails as Stansfield, but like, man, he like really goes off the deep end. I think he's a bit more moral than Stansfield, but yeah. not by much. But like, yeah. he, he has some redeeming quality, a, a little bit at least, because yeah. he doesn't like Johnny. Yeah, that, that's his only redeeming quality, really. Right? Yeah, but yeah, it, it reminded me of that, and he's great, man. And he walks in, and they're like, uh, Violet has gotten, you know. Uh, Corky to to grab her breast because she right. has a tattoo and you know they're seducing each other and um, at that moment they're kissing and Joe walks in Caesar is his name so uh-huh. Caesar walks in and it's dark and he uh, he like catches them in the act and he's like oh fuck something's happening she's cheating on me and he realizes it's another woman and he's like oh thank God you know <laughs> I thought oh I thought oh man right and right just, like. Like what? Are you an idiot? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Uh, the answer is yes. And, and it's fucking dark in here. I'm exact. I know he notices. <laughs> that line is awesome. He notices it's dark in here. He notices that like Violet is like kind of in in various stages of undress. Yeah. And is fixing herself up. And she he just saw them both get up off the couch very quickly. At, like they're you know right like their mom walked in right. Yeah. So but he doesn't suspect <laughs> when he sees that Corky's a woman that something was going down. I mean, yeah. dude, are you this thick? Yeah, come on, man. I mean, man. Uh, come on. Whatever. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I, and I, I appreciate that they, they make him this dense. Yes, because, yes. Because, I mean, he, because he, that's who he would be. Um, I mean, like, a lot of guys in his position, they, they're living in another century, so they would just that's never true. suspect that, like, a woman could come over and seduce their lady friend. That's true. You know? Yeah. Which is unbelievable, but here we go. Yeah. And then after this, we get the sex scene, and then after that, we get, um... We see Shelly show up, and he. This is another uh, Italian gangster guy, right. and he shows up begging for Violet, you know, 
to, to see him. He's downstairs, like in the lobby on the phone, waiting for her to buzz him in. Yeah. Um, and like Corky sees this and Corky sees this and like Shelly, like blows past her after Vi buzzes him in it, through the, through the main lobby door. And then when she, and Corky sees Shelly go into the apartment, um, as she's entering the apartment that she's renovating mm-hmm. and she's pissed off, obviously, um, because right. you know, she thinks that, that, that Vi is cheating on her. Uh, you know, with another man. I mean, she understands right. that, like, it's she's with Caesar, but this looks like, you know, she's with another another guy. She's just doing everyone in town now. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, like later, uh, she confronts. You know, uh, Corky confronts Vi after they've gotten together again, and Violet uh, explains that yes, I did have sex with this man, uh, but um, it was because I was working. She said she didn't have sex with them, and then she, Corky says, "Well, what what was it then?" She goes, "It was work." Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, that's heartbreaking, obviously, yeah. um, that, that she feels that she has to do this. Um, mm-hmm. And she has to convince Corky, though. She's like, I know what I am. Yeah. Like this, this you see, this is not me. I know who I am. Which is like, and, and as the movie goes on, like, yeah, it, you really understand like Violet as just being like this really strong character yeah you you kind of feel like at first like she's just kind of trapped in this situation but really not as much as you would think i mean she she's powerful she is and like even if she is um being kind of kept by caesar like he doesn't control her like like you would think he would yeah um and she's able to like live this other life where uh she you know, can she can maneuver and 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 live the way she wants to in secret without him ever suspecting? Yeah, she's almost playing him. Yes, in a way. I know, because she's seeing all these other guys, right? You know, behind right. his back. And I, I, does he know about that? I don't does think he, he know does. About Shelley and Mickey and everybody. And I, I don't believe so. Okay, because like like just just like his um his tendency to not believe that Corky would be a threat. Um, he's done the um. Uh, the really retrograde he's committed the really retrograde sin of like idealizing his girlfriend into like this innocent waif you know who who just yeah. uh is she, she exists for his pleasure and also like his arm candy and yeah. she is um like totally virtuous and and doesn't know about the world. right yeah because he is super jealous of chris or johnny yeah. chris maloney's character like hitting on her all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's weird that he's, I mean, I know why he's, he's especially jealous of Johnny because, you know, obviously Johnny's very handsome and also Johnny's a psychopath and mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, uh, Caesar doesn't really cotton to his methods, but like Mickey is just as in love with, with Vi as, yeah. as well, every, I think every gangster in the movie is, every, you know, probably everybody who's seen her is just instantly exactly. in love with her. They're just infatuated right away, you know? Yeah. Um, and and Caesar feels like he's probably in a in a great position that he has this amazing woman on his arm. Yeah. Um, but like, he he can, he can never see like past what's right in front of him, and it's obviously his downfall at all right. times. Yeah. You know, whether whether it's with with Vi and Corky or with with the other gangsters. I mean, he's always he can never think ahead. Right. Which it, in a little bit he kind of does, which is surprising, mm. and it's awesome because it keeps the story interesting and going in places right. you don't expect. You're right. He he does develop the skill at some point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Under pressure, right? That's for sure. Right. Um. But yeah, speaking of Johnny, this is where we meet Johnny. Uh, Johnny Marzoni. Johnny that? Marzoni. Yeah. yeah. So, 
uh, played by Chris Maloney, who's awesome in this movie. Talk about unhinged. Yes. This is the Stansfield of the movie. Yes, speaking exactly. of that, <laughs> just like just no, uh, <laughs> no, you know, no regrets. I mean, like he, he yeah, he just will. This, go ahead. Whenever I'm thinking about like gangster life, you uh-huh. know, um, I, if if you consider the the system that they work in, as long as everybody behaved themselves and no one committed, and there'd be like no reason for violence. Yeah, you know, they followed ever, the rules that they established. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, but then you got these fucking like you know wild cards like like Johnny, mm-hmm. who just like they get into the business solely so that they can. Uh, beat people up and kill. Yeah, and know? I mean it's nepotism too, and he oh, my privilege. God. Yeah, because you know, his father Gino is the head of the Marzoni family. And when you, you got know? like the the psychotic guy who's also the idiot son. Yeah, I mean Jesus, you know it's it just it's a recipe for for it's Fredo and Sonny combined. Oh, the worst parts of all of them is Johnny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> imagine if Fredo had no morals, you know, and 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 was like just as incompetent, but like. Also, like violent, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Holy, that's shit. scary to think. <laughs> I know exactly, and, and we see it with Johnny. I mean, like it's this guy who just doesn't—he he has no conscience, and um, and he just lives for violence. He does, man. And this movie, like, this was my first time seeing it. I've, oh, I've, it's oh, been okay. on my list for right. ages, and I just never got to it, you know. Okay, and so. Man, it did not disappoint. Cool. And it, this movie got a lot more violent and a lot bloodier than I expected it to. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah. Because in this scene, Corky sees Johnny showing up with Shelly, the guy she saw going to the apartment in the prior scene, kind of tied up, dragging him in, yes. you know, up to Caesar's apartment. Right. And the walls are thin, like I said, and she can hear everything that's happening in there. They're beating this guy's ass in the bathroom. Right. And you can hear it. It's a wonderful shot. Like you see the toilet from Corky's bathroom <laughs> yes. and like the water is like, like, uh, it's like Jurassic Park where the T-Rex stomps and the water glass ripples, yep. you know, yep. the toilet is doing that because they're bashing this guy's face on the toilet on the other side of the wall. And in a Wachowski style, you know, it pans over the wall from one toilet to the other and it, <laughs> or, God, it's wonderful. I know. It's like they pull the top off of the, yeah, oh. the set has, yes. the top, yeah. Yeah, um, and the camera moves from like the set where Corky is listening to like the bath, the other bathroom uh-huh. where the other where the gangsters are, and like Chris Malone, Johnny is like he's got Shelly on his knees in front of the toilet, and he's bashing his head into the porcelain, um, like multiple times, both his teeth and his forehead. Um, the guy's been roughed up beyond recognition. Yeah, and like. Uh, they're they're trying to get him to like tell him tell them where the money is. It's it's Mickey Caesar Johnny right. and uh, another one other guy. Um, Caesar and Mickey want Johnny to like calm down, right? Um, even though they 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 do want to torture this guy into giving him into giving them yeah. the, the information, but they don't like the way he's going about it, right? Um, he's he's being he's too unhinged and right. Um, so they they decide to do a uh, another technique um, yeah. that that Mickey comes oh. up with. They get these like the ten questions. Yes, technique? The, the, oh. the ten questions. I'm going to ask you ten questions. They put his hands behind his back, and they have these snips, um, like garden shears, mm-hmm. and they're going to cut off one of his fingers every time he doesn't tell them where the money is. Yeah. Um, and you see one of the fingers get lopped off. <laughs> oh, you don't see the the cutting, but you see it plop to the floor uh, with it, some screams. It just oh, bounces. It is, uh, and, oh man. Ooh. 
and, and it's rough, man. And this is 1996. It's the height of like of of really realistic it's looking. It's like blood. Tarantino level violence in this scene. I it's, mean, it's yeah, it's it's a lot. And I don't like violence for the sake of it. I don't like violence in general in life. Of course, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a violent person. You're not a Johnny. <laughs> I'm not Johnny. You okay. know, I don't relish in hurting people. <laughs> um, but I have to say that, like, when I watch it in a movie. When it is this um, this visceral, uh, and it, and it lets you understand kind of like the consequences of violence. Oh yeah, you know um, this is a horrible, horrible thing. You know, yeah. And this is what it's like when you're being tortured. And if and if we if we uh, glorify the mafia, they shouldn't be glorified. Yeah, you know, because they do stuff like this. Yeah, man. And I guess he tells them where the money is. Yeah, right. Because yeah. he he stole almost two million bucks right. from these guys. Right. Which, you know, not the best idea, you know? I mean... You know who you're dealing with? Come on, people. If you're going to steal from the mafia, <laughs> you better have a cunning plan. Your, your escape plan better be solid. Exactly. You have to cross... You have to make sure all loose ends you, are tied You up. need Corky to design a plan for you. You're damn right. You have to have a, a, a genius level, con, you know, like someone like Corky. Yeah. Who... who who knows what they're doing? Like we didn't mention, but she just got out of prison. Yes. She served a five-year sentence for, I'm assuming, robbery, right. a heist, something like that. Right. You know? And uh, so now Jennifer Tilly's like, you know, let's steal this money. <laughs> <laughs> and and she she brings she broaches the subject by like telling Corky like that that I guess after the after the scene where the where the finger gets they went to the warehouse, they went to the place where Shelly had stashed the money and like as as Shelly is like giving her the giving them the money, Johnny shot him. Yeah, Johnny blew him away. Yep. And like Caesar got pissed off at him and and slugged him, mm-hmm. and now he's in trouble because the boss's son he, he wasn't supposed yeah. to touch him. Right. Like and you know if if you're a made guy, you're not supposed to be you know that no one can hit right. you. Right. Yeah. And like Caesar walks into the apartment carrying like like blood soaked dollar like hundred yeah. dollar bills. Yeah. He's covered in blood. The money—it's it, just like the, those stacks of uh, ten thousand dollars that we see in yeah. movies all the time. And only it's covered in blood now. Yep. And it's a really cool sequence where, like, Caesar is cleaning the money. He's literally laundering the money. He says, "Where's the laundry detergent?" He's like looking under the sink. Yes. <laughs> like he has no clue where this shit is right. in his apartment. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Because Violet's doing all that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and then we have a scene, like a great sequence, where where he has taken off all of his clothes and he is. Uh, washing the money, drying it on like clotheslines. The whole that, apartment is lined with hundred dollar bills hanging. Really cool. Effect. It's awesome looking. And he's ironing each individual bill yep. after he's like you know uh, sanitized them. This is where what like it, it's it's just one of these cool kind of like filmmaking techniques yes. where we're seeing all this happen while Violet is telling Corky about the money. Right. She's telling what happened to the money. This is our plan. Right. You know. Uh, explaining what we're going to do and showing everything she's telling as kind of a flashback while it's happening and the events, you know, as she's telling it, it's, you know, oceans 11 did this very well. Yes. You know, that's true where they explain the heist and it's actually showing it while they're explaining. Right. You know? Yeah. So that, yeah, we get flashbacks and flash forwards. Yeah. You know, really cool. It's, it's an awesome thing. And just seeing all this money and Caesar, like it says a lot about Caesar's character here, like how particular he is with each and every dollar bill. Oh man! Like yes, this yes. money is super important to him, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, and, and to have to do that with with that many, uh, 
you know, banknotes. I mm-hmm. mean, geez, that that is like that's not something you can accomplish in one night. And he's just dedicated to it. I'm just going to stand here like at this ironing board until all this is done. You yeah, know, and, who knows uh, how long it took. Violet even says, like, I, I I, had to listen to that sound all night. Oh, man. And Corky says, what sound? The sound of money. You know, the money counting machine going. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that sound was. but That was actually, that was better than you think it was. Okay, good. That really registered well. It was it was like that money counting machine that we only see in movies and television. I've never seen it in real life. Well, now you've heard it. And now, now I've heard a, a real good rendition of it over a podcast. I should go on the road. Yes, exactly. Um, the new Michael Winslow. Scott yeah, maybe, maybe I can pull a heist and pretend I'm counting money, <laughs> yeah. but I won't be. You can just I'll use be that fooling sound, everyone. Right? I'll just be putting it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a plan to steal the money. They're going to put newspapers in the suitcase. <laughs> um, so Jennifer Tilly's going to leave the door open. For Corky to go in and get the money. They had established that, like, because Gino Marzoni, Johnny's father, is coming from Italy to get the money himself with Johnny and his bodyguard. And they're, like, Gino really likes this Glenlivet scotch, Uh and so they have to have some on hand. And Corky tells Violet to, like, accidentally you know, quote like, unquote, yeah. accidentally break it while, while Caesar's in the shower so that she has to leave the apartment and get some more. I love when they're doing this like voiceover flashback, flash forward <sighs> stuff. Like she just raises it in the air yes. and just drops it. <laughs> I love the shot. It's awesome. And then she's like, Oh, it's an accident. Right. And Oh, come on Vi. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Caesar goes back in and like, and she, she walks out and, you know, Corky walks into the apartment and, you know, Caesar's in the bathroom. So he doesn't know. Right. And in one of the man, her using her lock picking tools as earrings. Yeah. Fucking badass. Master thief, dude. Oh, Come it's on. So cool, man. man. I love when what she just What video game up. is this? I know, man. It's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> dude. And it it's awesome too, because these thin walls, she knows her cue. Like she can hear everything that's yeah. happening. So yeah. she knows when it's time. It's a brilliant scheme. It's awesome. And it's a wonderful plot device. Right. I love it being in there. I mean, and Corky is able to get into this secure briefcase, you know, using those those tools. And she, she she doesn't steal the briefcase. She takes the money and puts it in these bags and then, like, puts newspapers in the briefcase so that it'd be weighted down. And she the, the other part of the plan is for when Violet returns with the scotch, she's supposed to tell Caesar that she saw Johnny downstairs. Yeah. And, like, pin the whole thing on him. Yep. Like, that he took the money while, while Caesar was in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get Caesar to, you know, if he, she, they think that like, if Caesar thinks that Johnny stole it, um, that Gino is going to think that Caesar stole it. So Caesar has to run. Right. But Caesar doesn't run. Right. He, he sees the money's gone and he's like, I have to think I can't run. Cause then they'll think I took it. Yep. So th- this is where Corky's thinking ahead kind of just stopped. Right. She, she underestimated right. him. Yes. Thinking, yeah. okay, he's just going to run because that's all he has left to do. And I guess really that's one of the themes of the movie is underestimating everybody. Like, yeah. Because Cor- uh, Caesar underestimated Violet. Um, and now Corky has underestimated Caesar in some ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's everybody kind of thinking they're... You know, maybe they got this brilliant plan, but there there was like... The, no plan is perfect. They think they figured it all out. Right. But yeah, no, they haven't. There's always one more thing. Exactly. There's yeah. always it's and you know you can't be you can't keep track of every detail like this. I mean, yeah, and, and that's and what life is. That's what makes these kind of heist movies fantastic. Yes. There's always that one extra thing you didn't account for, and it's and also how do you react to that? Exactly. And yeah, and and what's your counter to that? Um, yep. And 
it's also one of the one one of the reasons the the aspects of heist movies it gives me anxiety because I'm always kind of yeah. like, oh, you know. <laughs> That's where the thriller aspect sure, comes in. Exactly. You know? Yes. <laughs> so, it, so when he opens the briefcase and sees the money's gone, all right. So I'm gonna. This is my least favorite movie making technique. It's called the Snorri cam. It's where it almost looks like you have a GoPro strapped to your chest and it's facing you. So it looks like. The camera's right on your face, and you know, it, ah. w- when you move, like the camera moves with you, so it, it's tra- it's stable on your face, but the background's all moving. You see it in a lot of music videos and yeah, shit, yeah, and like yeah, certain yeah. movies do it. I fucking hate this technique. Okay, I do not know why. I think it just looks so weird. But yeah, like so it goes snorri cam on Joe Pantaleano <laughs> as he opens the suitcase and like starts to freak out. I guess it's good for showing kind of people going crazy and yeah. like being just confused and stuff like it, it looks like confusion but i hate this thing i don't know why i hate the snorri cam i hate it okay i mean that's fair <laughs> I, I i had never thought about it before but but yeah. no that's uh uh i'll have to ch- i'll have to keep my eye out for it next time now I see you're gonna it. see snorri cam and everything and you're I, gonna be like well scott should never watch this ex- uh, yeah and, and <laughs> scott has ruined all cinema for me great <laughs> damn it <laughs> sorry folks right. if you like the snorri cam go ahead <laughs> but i hate it yes Anyway, yeah. rant over. Right, that's okay. So now he's like, all right, I got to think this through. And he is, man, he is so smart here. He's like, he literally says, you know, how do I know, Violet, that you didn't just open the door and let Johnny in when you left to get the scotch? Which is exactly what she did. Yes. But it wasn't Johnny. It was Corky. And to be, like, so hyper paranoid and hyper aware of, like, Violet has never in his presence at least like shown that she would do this yeah but but the, he thinks that like but obviously now oh my god she might be capable of this i guess because when two million dollars goes missing all of a sudden like paranoia is going to like make you lash out at anybody who's near you yeah you know so yeah oh maybe it was violet you and know? often the the easy answer is the right answer probably yeah in most true. cases right um so yeah he's he is not as dumb as he looks right here right. even with that hair he's got man <laughs> Joe Pantaleano's got a full-on do. <laughs> and, and I can't tell, because the, in The Sopranos, like five years later, <laughs> um, it was revealed that he had a wig on. Um, I don't know if this is I, I fake hair or not. I don't know if this is a not. rug or not, man. I, I think it's his real stuff. But it might be. At the bottom of the neck, th- there's that, that flap that comes down. Okay. And that looks, <laughs> that looks fake. So the neck, the neck flap looks yes. fake. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, the stuff on top, I, it's impossible for me to tell. I, I'm not the best to spotter. He must spotter. have went down to Maury's and got some wigs, you know? He could have. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he just went over. <laughs> he drove to Queens and <laughs> went to Maury's place. <laughs> You know, they, they look great. They don't come off. Maury's wigs don't come off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, his hair is something. Because, yes. man, he looks... We, we always see him bald, right? Yeah. In almost every movie he's in. So right. it's just shocking to see this, this like, mound of hair. And and it's, like, it's parted in the middle. Yeah, it's it's very of, 90s. It's very 90s. It, he, he's got, like, a Hugh he's, Grant hairdo. At the time, he, he's very fashion forward. Right. You know? <laughs> But it's like this thin red, like yes. Chucky type hair. Oh, you're right. It is. It is very Chucky esque. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Speaking of Jennifer Tilly, right? <laughs> the bride of Ch- dude. Wow. What if Joe Pantaleano became Chucky you instead mean, of Brad Dourif? You get Joey Pants. You know, it's just as good. It would work. Yeah, it, it would it, work. It would definitely be okay. And yeah. 
Like, and you know, honestly, <laughs> Br- Br- Brad Dourif could play some of Joey Pants's roles too. He definitely could. He could have played. Um, um, he could have played Francis in Goonies. Oh my god! You know, it, it would have worked. <laughs> he could have done that. Brad Dourif could definitely been a Goonies yeah. family member. Yeah, yeah, he would have been like. I mean, like him and Sloth are very believable as yeah, brothers, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is interesting. We could have like a Brad Dourif versus Joe Pantoliano. Like, oh like, my god, filmography. Um, like just displacing each That's other. That's amazing. You know, Joey. I think Pants, almost every everyone every switch would work. I mean, like. Uh, Joey Pants has Grimma Worm Tongue. That that that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, I mean, th- there's very very few things I think that like. I mean, I, I think that the only one that that uh, is totally though, it belongs to Joe Pantoliano for me is Ralph Cifaretto in The Sopranos. I mean, like that one is to me just like okay, Brad Dourif can't pull that. Yeah, off, you know? I mean, he wouldn't be bad because Brad Dourif's great. In yeah, what he does, but yeah. It, Joey P makes that exactly. You know? Ralph is one of the most yeah. menacing characters in yeah, television. Yeah, he makes history. that one. Yes. Okay. So what happens now? I, oh, we, yes. I lost my train of thought. Because we were talking about Joe Pantoliano's <laughs> hair. Um, so, uh, but we could, t- I guess. So uh, now he realizes, like, okay, well, Johnny doesn't know that I know he right, took the money. Right. Because he thinks Johnny stole it. Yes. So he's got that. He's got the advantage, he says. And now they're coming over, like, because the, the, the meeting is still taking place. Gino and yeah. Johnny and yeah. the bodyguard are Johnny has over. to pick them up from the airport yes. and come back and get the money. And they're going to go to Caesars to do it. And so now, like, the, the meeting happens where the, the gangsters come in. Um, and they have this, uh, well, this standoff where, where like, it, it's a really interesting scene where Gino... Is is trying to make the peace between Johnny and Caesar. I like it. I like it it's, a lot. It's a really good scene, mm-hmm. um, and it's a really good speech that the guy gives. Um, yeah, he sits them down on each side of him. Yeah. and says, "Hey, you know, Caesar, you can't just punch Johnny because he's crazy. Right? You need to start respecting him like you respect me. Yes. And you can see Chris Maloney's face. He's like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> like, yeah. like just his <laughs> smug little smile. Uh huh. And then he turns to Johnny and says, you need to stop acting like an idiot and you need to earn this respect. And he kind of just like looks down at his feet, you know, like, oh, man, disappointed my dad again. Every every (laughs) gangster who has this son, whether it's Semyon in Eastern Promises. I was just about to say, you know, (laughs) or Saddam Hussein with Udai. Oh, uh, you know, every one of them needs to first like sit this son down and tell them, you know, this is not how you act uh, and teach them better lessons so that they're better people. But also um, like acknowledge, they need to acknowledge to their, their, their good employees. Look, I know this guy sucks, but I need you to teach or treat him with respect and I'm going to work on him to make sure that he, that he earns a respect. Like this speech that, that Gino Marzoni gives needs to be like in the, Right. Uh, they need to teach this in mafia classrooms. Absolutely. It has to be part of like <laughs> HR, you know, in the mafia. Yeah. You know, right? you have to do this. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> it's it's wonderful. Right. It's great. Um, and that's that's like anyone in a leadership position like this needs this kind of wisdom. Of course. Yes. Like, because like just because you have to acknowledge problems. Yep. You know, and because when you don't, your all your credibility goes away. Yeah, and oh my, it's just like, what's so if Gino dies and Johnny, does he just take over the fucking operation? What Which, the, and it's done. I know. Yeah. I, imagine, imagine. You don't this, have a Michael there to secede. Exactly, yes. It's going to be this loose cannon. Yeah. You know, um, we brought up Sonny Corleone earlier. Like, Sonny is way smarter than Johnny. Like, like yeah. Sonny is capable of, of critical thinking. Yes. Um, Johnny is just a, 
he's a, he's a mook, you he know? Is. He is. And, oh and like, he's the worst kind of thug who, who has no guilt. And also, um, like, he's he's very aware of his dad's influence like you said about like when he when he's looking at caesar while while the dad's making his speech uh-huh. he's going yeah 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 you know <laughs> man i mean he's just so frustrating you know uh-huh. and he deserves death which he gets yes because now um no one knows anything about the money is missing right except for violet and caesar <laughs> and violet knows what's going on because she's you know the culprit here and caesar thinks johnny is the one who stole it. Right. So Caesar, you know, starts walking around like, why don't you open the case, Johnny? Why don't you look at the money? And then like, he's acting weird. Like, yeah. why, are, why are you doing this? And like, everyone's kind of like, why is he acting like this? And so they open it and there's no money in there. And then it becomes a showdown with guns. It's, it's the weirdest plan that, that Caesar has to accuse Johnny of it in front of his dad. Yeah. Like, and he's still not sure if Johnny actually did it. Right. He doesn't he doesn't have many cards to play here. No. You know, because he's on a timeline. Right. Um, and he's ninety nine percent sure Johnny took it. Right. And he took the money, put it in his car, then picked up his dad from the airport. That's what he thinks happened. If Gino respects Caesar as much as we think he does, um, and maybe he's even like tapping Caesar for the next you know, chair when he goes away, like over his son. Yeah. Could Caesar have like, I don't know, just gone to Gino and told him, look, the money's gone and I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know where it went. I, it's. Well, I think the way he plays it here, where he kind of confronts him in front of him, like cocksure, like this guy did it. Right. He's making himself look better. Like, like he's not trying to hide anything. Okay. He's just like. Out in the open, I caught you, motherfucker. Right. Now let's deal with it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he, there's no doubt in his mind. Yeah, so he, Gino he right. shouldn't doubt him. Okay. Yeah. That, that's how I read it. Okay. You know? That, that, that's fair. I mean, I, I I just, you know, like, obviously, the movie's full of, of uh, like, it's it's full of poor planning, you know? It is, <laughs> in, yeah. In, in right. many ways. And, and this is one of those in, instances where I'm just kind of like, uh, man, I... I, I think you could have taken a different approach here. Probably. You know? But I feel like a lot of this is because of the time pressure. You yes. Know, they're coming from the airport in an hour. I, I got to deal with this. And, right. And then, you know, what do I do? It's and the best plan I can come up with. And Caesar's state of mind is obviously like, you know, he, he's, oh, yeah, he's man. completely out of it. Yeah, he's know? like snorry cammed up and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, established. Uh... <laughs> right. So he ends up shooting everyone. <laughs> And killing them all. He kills, he kills Gino, he, the, the Don who's yeah, there. Right. You can't do that. You know what's going to happen to you now. He kills Johnny. He kills the bodyguard. Man. It's a weird technique, too, that the Wachowskis use. Every time Caesar's about to kill somebody that he shouldn't kill, they have this close-up of Joey Pan- Joe Pantoliano's eyes. Yeah, um, and, and they close. And they close. Yeah, and they open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then... The violence happens. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it's I think it's effective in that like it's showing that that, that maybe this isn't a hundred percent natural for Caesar to be doing this. Yeah, he he he's a killer. He's he's someone who can commit. Yeah, violence. he's a bad dude for right. sure. But he's not like Johnny, and he actually has. No, he's not um, unhinged. Right, right. Um, so yeah, this is going to affect him. I don't he, think he relishes in the violence. No, he doesn't want to do be it because right. it's part of the job. Yep, yep. he's got to do it. Right, he doesn't mind. But uh, he wouldn't just kill people for no reason. Right. Um, so, yeah. Now, he's on another timeline. Because 
Gino's supposed to get back on the plane, you know, and go back to Italy. So <laughs> yes. people are waiting for him. Right. Like Mickey and stuff is waiting on all this, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> now he's got to get everything cleaned up, figured out again. So now we're under more pressure. And he just killed the Don. So, like, now it's like the stakes are so high. I mean, he's dead. Like, he's the, dead he, unless he gets out of here. I know. I mean, he. The, you cannot... Oh my God! You, you you cannot kill the Don of a fan. They're going to find out it was you, and you're going to die. Yeah, you know. Um, and so now he has to figure out. You know, like he still doesn't know. I mean, he just killed Johnny, who he thinks stole the money. Yeah. Um, and the pressure is mounting, and Violet goes into the bedroom, picks up the phone, and she's been like communicating with Corky on the phone in secret this whole time. Yeah. Corky is in the other the other apartment with the money. Um. So she goes over there and she starts, you know, like, uh, like kind of just, you know, it's getting out of hand, it's getting out of hand. You know, we, we, we got to do something. What are we going to do? And Corky is, is very calmly telling her, stick with me, Violet. You know, it's yeah. great. It's so cool. It's, it's like, I'm not giving up on you. Don't, don't give up on me. It, that's what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Really great. Yeah. And it's a great shot because she, uh, I don't know if this is the exact moment, but she's like, Corky, I got to tell you something, you know, I got to tell you, I love you kind of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Corky says, I know, I yeah. know. And they both are touching the, the thin wall, you know? Yes. And the camera does that pan so over cool. again. Yeah. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, but they go try to find the money at Johnny's house, right? Yep. Um, or wait, they, well, I, I guess they, they, I think, sorry, I skipped over when they found, when they went to Johnny's house. That that happened before this scene. Okay, yes, it yes. did. It did. So they go over there and he's tearing, tearing it up trying to find the money. That right. Because they didn't find it in the car. He's like, all right, well, then he probably swung by his apartment and hit it there. Yep. So they go there. He tears it up. Not there. Right. So they, he needs more time. Yes. So he calls Mickey and is like, hey. Mickey's the guy who used the garden shears earlier in yes. the movie, so, you know, he's a dangerous guy. <laughs> he calls Mickey and is like, hey, Gino and John, like, no one has shown up to my apartment yet. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. Right. So he's making this extra lie, kind of like, yeah, they never even came here. He's thinking, maybe we can blame it on the Capellas took him out or something, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> yes. he's got all these motors running in his head. Like, maybe we can do this or uh-huh. blame it on that. Right. I can get out of this still. <laughs> <laughs> Which is smart. Like, he's they're not bad ideas. No. But it's but all... You're you're just on a tight wire right here, and like it's you're it's, walking on the edge, right? All, all these all these possible um, outcomes are plausible. I mean, like good excuses, I guess. It's just that like he's when, when you lie this much and you have to like you know lie to you cover have to up balance, other lies, you have to yeah. spin all these plates at the same time. Exactly, man. It's it's not. And when you're like just improvising, oh my god, you haven't planned most of this. You know, it's just. How how do you balance this? And you've killed a Don. I mean, you're, you're, you're in trouble, dude. <laughs> and they they cleaned up, so they go back to to Caesar's place, and they clean up the bodies, right? Stick him in the tub, and he's still got Violet on his side, but you know, under duress. He's right. like, "I will fucking kill you. I just killed Gino Marzoni. Do you know what that means? Yes, yes. <laughs> I that, will do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And then she has her phone call with Corky, and you know he. Walks in as she's hanging up the phone, and uh, he you know, is suspicious. Mm-hmm. So he picks up the phone and hits the redial button. Oh, it's wonderful. And so good. Nothing happens in that moment, but then he does it again, and you hear the phone ring. You hear it through the wall. Yes. 
which is awesome. I it's love just, that, it's man. Such a great, the like, walls you know, have been such an important part of this movie. Th- and and they, they told you, like, multiple times before this, look, the walls are thin. We can hear everything. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he hears the phone ringing, and he knows. He's like, oh, it's that girl. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Um, and then he, you know, and Corky, like, rips the phone out of the wall, and she gets her gun and goes oh, over yeah. to, you know, Caesar's place and, like, kind of, she breaks in. And um, she's stealthily going around the apartment looking for Caesar, and unfortunately, he gets the drop on her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when she comes to, uh, he makes some homophobic comments to her. Yes, he does. Um, and I'm not going to say everything. Right. But one thing he does say that just makes me sick. He says, everybody knows your kind can't be trusted. So fucking. Wow. Ignorant. It's just like, you know, like whatever. I mean, you didn't have any sympathy for Caesar to begin no, with. No, but now, but we, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. like, dude. Yeah. I hated you before. Now exactly. I really hate you. I mean, what? It's just like to, to to know that someone goes through life with these kinds of thoughts. You know, yeah. it's we, we've talked about it a million times before. Like just knowing that such people exist is depressing as hell. Yeah, you know, and to to know that they they are successful in life is also you know just kind of makes you sick. And, and just like compounding his ignorance, he says to Violet, "What did she do to you? Like like she like yeah converted her or right yeah, put a spell yeah. on her, I mean, used just, magic voodoo, Jesus Christ, like magic gay voodoo on her." What you, the heck, dude? Do you remember what Vi's response to him she was? She says, everything you couldn't. God damn. Bam! Exact, Mike drop. I mean, dude, Joe yes. Pantaleano. <laughs> You're done. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Caesar, <laughs> you, you, you shitbag. You, you had no, like... You had no conception of who this person was. You didn't know them. You didn't God. take the time to know them. And even if, like, maybe you had shown a little bit of care... Uh, yep. You still wouldn't have gotten to where Corky got in about three days. God. And later, near the end, so Caesar ends up getting shot. Well, I'll just say that now. Yeah. But he's like, Vi, but but I know you, Vi. And she says, Caesar, you don't know shit. <laughs> and then, blam. Oh, it's fucking wonderful. It's all the culmination of like like this, the, the statement of everything you couldn't up to that you yeah. know, you don't know shit, Caesar, yeah. is like Violet getting stronger and stronger and revealing oh, that so she had good. strength all along. Um, but yeah, and in this moment, and yeah. when, when when she says that to Caesar, she's she is literally bound. I mean, yeah, her and Corky are both tied up. Mm-hmm. You know, Corky's on the ground, hands behind her back. Um, Violet is sitting there with, with, with uh, rope around her ankles and her hands behind her back. Yeah. She's completely fearless in in telling caesar you know what he doesn't right. want to hear she he could pistol whip her at any moment yep and she just nope defiant i'm and gonna the, tell this guy off yep and this is where he's he he's gonna do the 10 question technique on corky tell me where the money is <sighs> and she tells him right away it's in the paint bucket next door she's gonna and he's gonna do it on violet oh yeah because he's gonna cut violet's fingers off, right right to, to torture corky he's gonna like you know hey right. look at this yeah look, after I'm, i cut her 10 off then i'm coming for you yep, so yep yeah and Corky, does, yeah, like she does the right thing, and like yeah. you know, uh, obviously, you know, okay, just go get the fucking money, you asshole, right? Because you know? um, the money is like it's important to to Corky and Violet, but really, what the most important thing is is them getting Violet out of here, right? And them going, being able to start a life together. Obviously, two million bucks to fund mm-hmm. it would be nice, but like she knows that like Violet's life is more important than you know the the sack of money. Exactly, exactly, and. Um, this is right when Mickey shows up to the apartment. Yeah. So they're tied up. 
he uh Mickey shows up and apparently the the phone was off the hook, so he rushed over to his house. You right. Know? And an- another great, you know, improvised plan here. He's like in the bathroom with Violet and he's like, Do you wanna live? You're gonna play along with this. Right. Or do you wanna die? You know. <laughs> so she says she wants to live, you know. So they pretend like they were in the shower together, you know, and having sex. Because he comes out, and Mickey and the bodyguard are in the apartment. (laughs) They broke in. (laughs) They picked the lock. Yeah, dude. People are picking locks all over this movie. Yeah, dude. I mean, if Mickey, like, had his tools in his ears, like like, like Corky did, that would be awesome, Oh, I wish he had those dangling (laughs) earrings. This, like, old mobster. <laughs> These punk rock earrings. Yes, dude, dude. exactly. Dangling crosses and lockpicking instruments. Speaking of earrings, man, Johnny's diamond earring is so big, man. <laughs> it's huge, I man. Know, I know. I love it. It's it's so gaudy and, like... It's awfully tacky. And he's wearing, like, a red suit, like he's at the NBA draft. <laughs> I mean, is he, the guy is flashy and terrible, yes. you know? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> And this is another great tense scene because, uh-huh. you know, Violet's in the bathroom. There's three dead bodies in there. Corky is tied up in the closet and he's got to play it off like he doesn't know what's going on. And he tells Mickey, well, yeah, I was I was really stressed out about the whole thing, you know, with 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 Gino's plane being delayed and everything. I and Vi, Vi was trying to help me relax. Right. Like, that's how he tells it. And Mickey's like. Okay, that yes, makes sense. Exactly. I would want her to relax me too. If Vi yeah. was helping me relax, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, I would have taken the phone off the hook too. <laughs> so it's it's good. Uh huh. It's, yeah, it's it's reasonable. <laughs> it yeah. makes sense, right? And and we find out at the very end of the movie, like Violet's probably been banging Mickey, also, you know, which is or at least giving him the idea that like it's in the cards. Yeah, right, you know? right. Because um, like he he's he's willing to just do anything for her. Yeah, you know, um, and. Like Caesar comes out in his towel and he spends the rest of the movie in this like yeah. like almost the rest of the movie in this towel. Yeah. Um and he's got this other towel that's got a gun in it. Yep. And he's behind the bar and Mickey and the bodyguard are like they they come up uh to the bar to like, you know, talk to him and uh you know Caesar is ready to put a bullet in both of them if yep. this goes sideways. Yep. You know. And then um, the phone rings. Yes. And uh they they tell, you know, Caesar, go answer the phone. You're going to answer it? And he's like, uh, yeah. So he goes in, <laughs> goes and answers it, and it's Violet. And she says, if you want to live, play along with me. Something like that, you know. And she, she's she gotten... Pretend I'm Gino. She, she took uh, yeah. Johnny's cell phone out of his... His who, fucking corpse, dude. Exactly, yes. Because <laughs> the, the, the corpses are stacked in the bathtub. She fished around in there and got the cell phone uh-huh. and comes up with a new plan. Yep. And yeah, she tells, you know, listen, just play along, act like, you know, you're you're getting news about Gino's plane. Yep. You know. The car accident they got in. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So um now Mickey thinks Gino just called Caesar and was like, We're in a fucking accident, you know. Everyone's fine, but it's a mess. Yep. So yep. so now Mickey and the bodyguard are like, Oh shit, man. Like Yep, but so get over they there. They got in that's what happened, you yeah. know. Man, this out card is something. <laughs> Dude. Yes, exactly. And, and she on the phone, she says, you know, you play along. We'll get out of this. We will split the money, yeah. and we're going to go separate ways. Right. And right. He, he agrees to it, you know. And then hang up the phone. Mickey and the guard leave. And then once again, Joey Pants, another double cross. No, I ain't giving you the fucking money. 
I just said that to get him out of here. It was a chance yeah. for Caesar to redeem himself. Yeah. To like go along with Vi's yeah. proposition. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take a million. You take a million. We just like no. I want all of it. Yep. You know. And he says, I might let you live through this now. You know, he, he went back on his original deal and he went back on the one that, 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 that Violet uh, proposed. What an asshole. Yeah, he's a, he's a piece of shit. He's yeah. bad news again. He, he's Every, a great you know, villain. Exactly. Yeah. He's a fantastic villain. I mean, yeah. And, and Joe Pantoliano obviously is, is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he, whenever he gets material like this where he can really, you know, it, it's a showy part and he's good in those roles. I mean, mm-hmm. like you... He, that's why he's so great as a villain because like he's so desperate all the time and he's also menacing. Yeah. Um, especially for a little guy. Like yeah. he is really scary, you know, definitely. Cause, cause you don't, you don't know what he's capable of. Oh man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't trust him. No, there's no way to trust this dude. Right. So uh, eventually Jennifer Tilly just books it. She runs out of the room like trying to escape yeah and he chases her patrick bateman style you know yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh she gets to the bottom floor and takes the elevator back up while he's chasing her and he's like fuck and now he's got to run back up the steps <laughs> that, that patrick bateman style yeah i yeah. know like the, the down the, the spiral shot. staircase exactly. yeah yes because you you see it, it looks like it, it looks exactly like christian bale chasing kara seymour uh-huh. through the through the uh, <laughs> apartment building um and she eventually gets down to the bottom floor and then takes the elevator up um, back to back to their floor. And on the elevator, she calls Mickey on Johnny's cell phone and and acts like and just tells him like the truth. Yeah, but he's, he's you know, trying to get me. He's chasing me. You yes. Know? Caesar's crazy. She takes advantage yeah. of like Mickey's um, obvious feelings for her. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah. So now she has that card to play because yep. Mickey's going to come back at any at any moment and get Caesar. Yep. Because now. She has blamed Caesar for yeah. the whole thing. Right. And because of all these lies they've built up, like this is a completely logical step to take. Yep. Yeah. Caesar took the money. He's he's behind all of this. <laughs> and really, he is the one who killed everyone. I mean, it's it's technically true. Everything yeah. she says is technically true. There's just like some details <laughs> left out, right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um and, and that's the point. The the, the nature of truth like is so complex. Like mm-hmm. and this movie, like more than a lot of movies, like really kind of gets to. Yeah. And, um, when Caesar thinks Johnny stole the money, that's the truth to him. Yes. Like it's all over the place. I know. I know. Oh man, dude. And, uh, this is where we get the showdown in the, in Corky's apartment when she's got the paint. Right. Uh, so she stashed the money in two bags in, inside of these, like, you know, five gallon paint drums. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's white paint that the, the white paint gets oh, it's so overturned. Good. It's so good. It spills everywhere. Yes. Because like Corky had come at Caesar with a, a, a like a pipe wrench. Yeah. A huge man. Um, and like a plumber's helper. Mario Brothers style. Exactly. Yes. Bam. Uh, man. And, and she, unfortunately, like she doesn't connect fully with him. She hits him like in the knees. She hits the gun out of his hand. I yes. Think. Yeah. And uh, eventually he like tackles her and, and starts beating on her exactly yeah. it's really hard to watch yeah um and she uh is now kind of like in a daze and she's on the ground but then violet comes up behind them and she's got a gun now on right. caesar yep and she makes that speech that you mentioned yeah. um caesar you don't know shit caesar you don't know shit <laughs> oh and man i mean like and she blasts them several times and the blood splatter coming out mixed with the white paint 
is just an awesome visual. In the annals of stylized operatic bloodshed, mm-hmm. um, Caesar's death, it really stands out as like one of the most impressively staged and executed sequences I've ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful. It really is. And like the, the uh, obviously, like when you're not using CGI, color is really going to pop. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't even like a possibility back then, truly, like, you know, for this kind of scene back then. Mm-hmm. So then you weren't even thinking about it. And um, I will continue lamenting, you know, the use of CGI in movies probably till I'm old and gray. But like, <laughs> uh, so I'm never going to shut up about it, unfortunately. But when you see movies like this, and especially a sequence like this, you're just like, oh my God, look what we're missing. Look at, look how impressive it's this so is. so wonderful, man. You know, look how gorgeous it is just to gaze upon. Right, you know? and it's in slow-mo. Like, he's getting shot and, like, you know, flailing back yes. with each bullet and going to his knees. Right. Oh, it's so wonderful, man. And he's just, and for him to, like, land splayed out on, like, a, a, a white field like that yeah. with, with, like, red splotches appearing everywhere and squibs going off. Dude. I mean, you, you think about, like, the retakes with all that. I know, right? You know? I mean, that like, looks like real paint. Yes. It has the the consistency, the viscosity of paint. This is Sears Weatherbeater on the ground, <laughs> and and Joey Pants is laying around in it. Right. I mean, I mean, like is it tr- his hair. Yes. They Try- need a new wig. God. Every take, <laughs> they would have had some like yeah, some John Saxon esque wig entourage <laughs> that they would have on hand for Joey Pants There's in this cart, scene. You know. Yes. I mean, like trying to reset all that paint and all the squibs. I mean, can you imagine? Like, they, we got to get this right now. <laughs> that's why when you got Joey Pants on your team, you're going to get it the first time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're yep. right. Because he's a consummate actor and, and yes. he would do everything you ask. Yep. And yes, you just got to film it right. He's so good in this. He he is the best part of this movie. I'm just going to say it. He's okay. my favorite thing in this movie. Okay. Oftentimes, the villains are the most attractive thing of, the, yeah. of a film because they're just so interesting. Right. Um, but I just love his performance. I love his energy. Yeah. And I just, I love everything he does. I mean, he's a great actor. Oh, I know. I mean, I don't know if you want to call him a character actor, but he's almost a character actor in a well, way. Well, yeah, he, I guess you could, you would say he, he is a He doesn't like lead actor. anything, yeah, really. He's never been like a, yeah. I mean, he should have leading man roles. Yeah. He's um, always like a number two guy or yes. something. and Or yeah, the villain. Or the villain of something. Yeah. Right. So. And I mean, like, uh, my, my personal favorite part of the movie is Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Um, just to, to watch the evolution of her character. Um, my favorite thing to look at in the movie is all the stuff with Gina Gershon. I thought you were going to say Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. She's a close second. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I love um, like Gina Gershon. I, I couldn't put her as my favorite because unfortunately she kind of disappears for a lot of the movie. I was going to bring that up. Okay. Once you get to the showdown in Caesar's apartment. Yeah. She's kind of out of the movie for a half an hour because she's just on. She's, she's just hiding on the other side of this wall, yes. and you cut back to her once every ten minutes for about ten seconds. And when she, she does, and then when she does come in, like Caesar, like gets the advantage, you know, yeah. over her, and and she ends up having to like be tied up and put in a closet. Yeah, she's not doing much for the second half of the film. And there's symbolism there, obviously, of like her being in the closet. Yeah, you know, put right. square scare quotes around that phrase. Right. Um. There, there, there's you know, like obviously themes being, uh, you know, exactly. explored there. Um. But it just it's kind of thankless and for how that, that binds character. you. Yes. You know? Yes. You you feel tied up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So th- there is like, um, uh, a practical need for her to be in this role, but it's just like, 
and, and I, I guess that that's another another hallmark of what makes this an exceptional movie is that like in a lesser film, Corky would be a total badass. Yeah. You know, like and just like uh, like doing wheel kicks on Caesar when, yeah. when you know, she'd be time copping everyone. Exactly. Yes. Instead, she's just no, she's she's a, a tough person. Uh, but, you know, when when there's a gangster who like tackles her from behind, she's it's hard to yeah, get out of And that, she's you know? not a big person. No, she's, she's a small woman. She's really you can like see when Joey Joe Pantoliano is towering over you. Yeah. yeah Gina Gershon's <laughs> pretty small, you know, <laughs> Yeah, he's never towered over anything. No, exactly, dude. It's really like when when they when they introduce themselves, I was like, oh man, well, how is Gina Gershon? Like, how tall is she? You know, because like, yeah, she he's got a good four inches. I on wonder her. how tall he actually is. Have you ever looked that? I up? haven't. Looked I haven't it either. Up. But yeah, I, I don't know. in the Sopranos, like, uh, I like to think he's my size. I'm, I, I, I'm about five six. I think that's so. about right because, yeah. like, in in the Sopranos, like James Gandolfini, I I. I did look him up. He's six flat. Okay. And he's about six inches taller than Joe okay. Pan- right. Panelion. Cool. Yeah. Now I have something in common with Caesar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe gotta... The thinning hair might be a, a common thread, too. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm way past you on that. So yes. I, yeah. you're, you're in, like, it's, standard I, Joey Pants territory, And, and now right? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm approaching Gandolfini levels, <laughs> actually, <laughs> to keep the symmetry of the thing. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> So, so that's the end of the movie, really. Like now, we kind of get a little um, epilogue here with uh, Jennifer <laughs> Tilly is with Mickey, and it's all wrapped up. They're like, "Yeah, I can't believe he was behind all this yeah. and all that stuff." And you know, Violet, my offer still stands. <laughs> and she kisses him. I mean, she's like, "I can't. I just got to get out of here." You know, th- think think of like playing um, with this guy's heartstrings. Come on. Okay, there's that, yeah, and, and that that's a bit cruel, but at the same time, I I see why she's doing it's it. Smart, exactly. Yeah. And I also, Mickey, come on, man, you're seventy years old. You don't really think that Violet is carrying a torch for you, man. I mean, maybe he's got nothing left to live for. He's like, man, this is my last shot. I get why you'd make the move, but you couldn't really believe that it was happening. I mean, like, yeah. like just just think about yeah, it for more you're than five a seconds. Hugh Hefner, yes, uh, I don't know about because that. because none of Hef's ladies also they, they didn't find him attractive either. Right. I mean, it's just uh, they probably found him utterly disgusting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that money was really nice. Yes. Yes. And and I mean, like, look. uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, and and the the fact that he's so like like blinded by his attraction that he never even suspects her too. I mean, like you know, man, it, it's it's another it's another I guess maybe another hidden theme of the movie is like what seeing pretty women do to the average asshole man. Yeah, um, like you will just give up anything, and and like you don't use your smarts or inte- the, you don't use the intelligence. Right. You're using God gave the wrong you. brain. Absolutely, yeah. you are following something else around, and it's not doing you any favors. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> And the 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 best part of the epilogue is like Corky drove this sixty three. Uh, she drove a sixty three Chevy, which was nice. I liked it. It was a real nice truck. I mean, I would gladly drive that yep. thing. It, it's it's it'd be like any collectors, you know, yeah. would be really drooling for that thing. Um, but she the 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 camera tr- gets right on her hand as she like activates this car alarm. Like yeah. you've never heard she- that in a while. <laughs> um, and there's this like cherry red ninety five Silverado. Um, God, it looks awful. It, <laughs> I was so mad. It's so I was not, so mad. It's so not what she was driving before. And and it's supposed to be like, you know, she goes, well, I figured we needed a getaway vehicle. Uh-huh. Okay, I got it. But then my a really cool, like the best 
it's not the best act. Like I'm not saying it's like the the best last line of a movie in movie yeah. history. I mean, we could rank those for days. But when she looks at Violet and says, "Hey, Violet, you know what the difference is between me and you?" Violet <laughs> says, "No," and she goes, "Me neither." Oh, and you know, it's like they it drive says away. everything. It's like <laughs> I I. You were thinking there was going to be some great tough guy, you know, like hard-boiled yeah. film noir dialogue. No, she says me neither. Yeah, we're the same. Yeah, you know, and kiss. Then, and then and they credits. start making out, and you hear Tom Jones yeah. come up, and it's like it's uh, she's a lady. She's a lady. Man, it's so good. <laughs> she's the kind you like to flaunt and take to dinner. You know, beautiful, fucking beautiful. And it's awesome. And yeah. this is this is one hell of a debut. You know. For, it is for a man. filmmaker. I was watching this thinking, is this their first freaking movie, dude? Yeah. yeah. They never made a, a production like this before. They had Holy never directed cow. anything before this. I know. Stunning debut. Wow, man. Yeah. I mean, they, they really had a, their own style, their technique. I mean, like, it's not derivative of other stuff, like, as far as technical right, filmmaking. Right. It's inspired, yes. but it's not, it's its totally unique own thing. Right. It, it's, it's really great. And, and they, Obviously, like the Wachowskis, I mean, they, they would go on to do like bigger things. Yeah. Obviously, like what we all know about the Matrix, and we we obviously the Matrix is a, yeah, a monumental a thing. thing, right? Um, but like uh, even like Speed Racer, like just, I it's know. so stylized. Yeah, Speed Racer, it, that's an underrated movie. Yeah, honestly, a, a lot of people hate on it. I know, probably because they haven't seen it. Exactly, yeah. they they heard what what some idiots said on the internet, and they didn't see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great for many reasons, but it's, it like, it's timeless too. And, and that's what I love most about it. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we miss anything, Dave? Anything you want to talk about? Um, I mentioned Susie Bright as the intimacy coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that's a, a big part of it. And I guess she also like even helped to stage the, 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 the sex scene that we talked okay. about. Okay. So um, it's more realistic. Yes. You know, right. A better depiction of like, you know, um, uh, women, Having sex, yeah, you know, like because that, that's not uh, just um, the male gaze. What a guy thinks they're exactly. going to do. Yes, yeah. and it's leading up to like sex with him. Yeah. You know? um, the other one is uh, kind of weird, and it's it's not it's not the movie's fault. It's that's not the Wachowski's fault. It's just the the nature of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, trailers are made by companies that are they're outside. It's like third party right, stuff. Yeah. Um, taglines are also come up with by like consulting firms. Um, if you like study taglines for movies, you'll, you'll see a lot of real, of total bullshit, um, stuff that has nothing to <laughs> yes, do with the movie right. or like phrases that they think are profound, but they mean nothing. Yeah. The tagline for bound that's on the poster is sex and crime forever. Wow. That's not even a complete sentence. <laughs> and it says, Nothing about like that, that's a bumper sticker from the purge. Like that is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that and it's so dumb. And like if it was in the purge, you'd go, "Oh, that guy's the villain. I hate him now." <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it when I was like doing some like Wikipedia research and I wanted to see like the original poster and I saw that it's a great shot of like Jennifer Tilly and uh, Gina Gershon. Gina's got her back to the camera. She's looking over her shoulder. Uh You know, it's a real sexy picture. And then at the top, you know, strewn across there's sex and crime forever. Wow. I don't know what the fuck that is. That means nothing, but like, you know, that has nothing to do with exactly. Let's leave that in 1996 (laughs) and be done with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think they hopefully they drop that 
from all promotional because I, d- I didn't see it on anything. And I believe they did because I remember like the the uh, like the the VHS box didn't have it and it was a different shot. Is it the one with them kind of like tied together with the yes. rope around them? Yeah, uh, yes. I think that replaced everything. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, okay. So would you recommend this movie? Dave? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Wholeheartedly recommend. Um, I, 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 I just was blown away last night at watching it again. I've always loved it, but like seeing it again for like the fourth time, I'm just like, man, it's still as good as when I first saw it. Yeah. yeah so check it out. Yeah. Total recommend dude. Uh, first time watching it, blew me away mm-hmm. way better than i expected it to be i didn't think it would be bad yeah but like i said i went in you know okay first time filmmakers it's a weird kind of erotic crime movie from the 90s yeah and you know you know what you get with that territory sometimes and <laughs> right. it's, it's freaking was awesome yes blew me away this movie this movie's great awesome movie everyone should watch it all right, so that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. Rate it, review it, most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And you can also go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. That's right. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What's the question of the week? Uh, what are the best movies about theft? Ooh, there you go. Call into the voicemail 628-400-DUDE. That's 628-400-3833. What am I doing with my voice today, man? I'm going crazy. (laughs) Anyway, stay tuned next week to hear me go crazy again. WNBC. (laughs) Yeah, with 2001's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. (laughs) Directed by John Cameron Mitchell and starring John Cameron Mitchell and Michael Pitt. We go way back on this one, Dave. Uh So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.